and a one and a two and a Welcome to the Gay Gasp, a spooky podcast. You're joined by me, your host, Elena, and y'all, bottle every time. You literally scratch every time. We're about to record. That's okay. Oh my God. You know, we are very profesh over here at the Gay Gasp podcast. I'm very much doing this in my room, very much doing this in my bed because where else am I going to do it? Y'all, I just need to thank everyone so friggin' much for all the love and support that we got for the first episode last week. Seriously, everyone that reached out to me is so friggin' sweet. It meant so much to me. After I recorded last week's episode, or even while I was recording last week's episode, I was like, Elena, you're so freaking bummed. You're so low energy boo-boo. You should be excited about doing this. And I just felt that I was letting people down and letting myself down. But then some of y'all reached out and was like, no, it was a great episode. So thank you so much. You know, it's only going to get better. And it's so wild. We're performing in the top 50% of podcasts already. Like, ma'am, like, who is she? Who does she think she is? Yes. So I'm very happy and proud to see that some people like the show and are sharing it and are talking about it. Y'all, you don't even have to listen to this full episode. You don't even have to listen to all these episodes. But if you truly just take like two seconds to give this a five-star review, if you don't want to give it a five-star review, uh, keep it to yourself. But if you can just give me a cute five stars, that's how the fucking like, I don't know, algorithm works. And that makes the show more accessible to people. And also it helps me make some money in the future, which would be very appreciated because times are tough and being gay does not pay the bills, unfortunately. So a cute five-star review would truly mean so much to me. Okay, I'm trying to think what else happened last week. It's October, is spooky season. I'm proud of myself that I did something for myself. I went out and bought some orange spooky Halloween lights for my room, which is making my spooky heart so freaking happy because I was going to say y'all know, but maybe some of y'all don't know. I am all about ambiance. Like if I was a drag queen, my name would be ambiance because I am all about that lighting. Fluorescent overhead lighting? No. Don't know her. I am not in prison. I am not in a mental institution. No ma'am. I judge a place based on overhead lighting or not because why are we going to be subjected to it? I'm not being interrogated. So in my room, I have a bunch of these Bluetooth light bulbs that I set to different colors based on my mood. So right now I have purple lighting with the orange spooky lights, which is so freaking cute. So it's getting me in the spooky spirit. And then I just wanted to share an experience that was really sweet and it meant a lot to me. 
So I have the pleasure of working at my sister's hair salon, which I fucking am so grateful for. Sometimes I choose violence with the clients because like I literally can't because people are just fucking wild. But I get to bring my dog bottle cap in every day and I get to have my sister as my boss. She is so freaking supportive. And she's the main reason why I started doing this podcast again because she was like, Elena, if these other bitches out here can be doing it, why the fuck can't you be doing it by yourself? And I didn't know if I'd be able to do this show by myself. But, you know, week two, so far so good. We're going to figure it out as we go. The bottle will interject as he wants. Miss Wenny Queen will have some iconic appearances because, you know, she's a vocal queen. So it was towards the end of the night and I was cleaning up and I was briefly talking to this client that was getting her hair washed at the shampoo bowl. And I don't know how it came up in conversation, but then she randomly said, Elena, I love your confidence. I wish I had your confidence. And I said, boo-boo. Literally me standing there in my biker shorts, oversized champion sweatshirt, hair in a messy bun on top of my head. I said, boo-boo, girl, I love that you think that because no, we always think that other people are super confident, but it's a struggle truly every fucking day. I think that's why I get so many tattoos. One, because life's too short and I love it, but also... I get to be covered in art versus just my body as is. I think that's so boring and so blah. So I said, it's a huge compliment that you think I have all this confidence, but it's, you know, it's not all real. And then she said, which meant so much to me, the fact that she was so just open and honest. She said that she wishes she had my confidence because as of late, She has been getting into a lot of negative self-talk and then has been wanting to get into self-harm again, which totally took me back. I did not think that's the way this conversation was going to go. I looked at her. She's in her early 40s. She is a great mom of two girls that I very much have met, and I never thought that someone at her age would be even thinking about self-harming again. And then one from the get, I thanked her. I said, thank you again so much for just being open and honest and just telling it like it is. I told her I also identify as a self-harm girly, unfortunately, and have dealt with that for so many years. And then I get more upset and I get more depressed because I think at a certain age, I should be over it. I shouldn't be having these tendencies. I shouldn't be so hard on myself that it results in that. But the fact that she's older than me and she's also struggling with that, I told her, thank you so much for just making it a fucking conversation that's normal versus just being hush-hush or just saying like, "Mm, everything's fine when everything is not fucking fine. So the reason why I bring up that story is I just hope other people don't feel alone and we can just make it more normal to not be okay. Struggles are very fucking real. 
life is so fucking hard or even when life is not hard, you feel guilty for going through it when you truly don't have things to be going through, which is more often than not. And I try to have a lot of gratitude for my life, but then I'm still fucking depressed. So I don't know. It's a constant struggle. So needless to say, y'all, we are loved. We are worthy. We are allowed to take up space. Even as I say these things, I don't necessarily believe it. Well, obviously I believe it for y'all, but getting to the point where I believe it for myself, we're getting there. It's gonna be a journey. We're still fucking here. We're still breathing. So congratulations to that because we're out here doing the damn thing. We're out here speaking into the void. We are just trying to make our spooky gay dreams come true. With that being said, I am so excited to get into this week's topic. Y'all, I swear to fucking God, this dog is going to fucking kill me. Stress up to here. Stress up to fucking here. Now he's looking himself aggressively. Dude, this is an auditory medium. People can hear shit. Oh, I swear to fucking God. So for this week's topic, I don't even know how it came to me or the aha moment. But this week, I really wanted to talk about cemeteries. You know, super cute, super lighthearted. Oh my God, there is this TikTok going around. And I think that's subconsciously how I thought about this week's episode. Wait, I'm going to grab my phone. Sometimes I like to go for walks in graveyards. That TikTok cracks me up so fucking much. And It's so freaking funny. I have two friends, shout out to Dylan and Grace, who live in the same neighborhood in DC. And they both said, as they were showing me around their neighborhood, they said, Elena, we live next to a cemetery. If you want to take a walk through that at some point. And I was LOLOLing because they know me so well. They know me like as the spooky queen. So I wanted to do more research as far as why cemeteries are a thing and how they became a thing. So with a lot of these topics, as I'm slowly learning, (laughs) because I am many things, but I never will say I am a fast learner only when I'm in a job interview and I literally sit there and I'm like, Elena, don't say you're a fast learner. Don't say you're a fast learner. And the first things out of my mouth are, I'm a really fast learner. No ma'am. between all the fucking concussions I've had in life. You know, it's just, we a little slower, but that's okay because we have other strengths, just not the speed in which we retain information. So with this topic in particular, it became truly overwhelming. Every time I found a new fun fact, that fun fact could be its own fucking episode. And then I started going down all these different wormholes. And then it was hard for me to focus having a big ADHD brain that I do. So we're going to try this method and probably it will be the method moving forward before I wrote out this whole thing and then I would get lost and then by the time I would read the end of the sentence I forgot what the beginning of the sentence was I got overwhelmed so I created bullet points of these fun facts because I don't know for 
any other people or especially my friends, if you're able to have a conversation with me, that also makes me believe you're neurodivergent, which who wants to be normal? If you're not neurodivergent, no, that's boring. I just want you to take some fun facts and not necessarily remember everything of this podcast because I don't even fucking know what I said in the beginning of it. So let's get into some of these fun facts about cemeteries, which truly blew my fucking mind. Okay. The word cemetery originates from the Greek word for a sleeping place. Ah, of course it does. Because good night, eternal sleep. Oh God, sleep sounds so fucking good. Not dying, just like sleep in general. And then I did not know this. Well, there's a lot I didn't know about cemeteries. So the word graveyard I knew was used interchangeably for a cemetery. Well, someone's like, oh, look at that graveyard. Oh, look at that cemetery. But actually the term graveyard specifically refers to a churchyard burial ground. In Europe, the church strictly controlled burials, which is no fucking surprise because the church loves to have control. Religion loves to get into every aspect of our lives because God forbid, (laughs) God forbid we have a separation of church and state. And then when you think of a church yard, they're very tight. They're very small. There's not that much space. And during these times, there were so many epidemics. I'm talking yellow fever. I'm talking cholera. I'm talking etc. <laughs> I'm so corny. So these graveyards were seen as unsanitary and extremely overcrowded. They would literally have stacks on stacks of bodies. They would stack five to six coffins deep, which caused so many issues during floods where the coffins would literally break open and slide down the hill and into the streets. And then you would just have bodies everywhere, which is so fucking traumatic. So because of all these bodies and all the disease, they began outlawing churchyard burials in the early 1800s. So cemeteries today were created during something known as the rural cemetery movement, where burial grounds were then put outside of the city or town limits. And this became very common. The first U.S. rural cemetery was created in Mount Auburn in 1831 in Massachusetts. These cemeteries created a distinct boundary between the world of the living and the world of the dead. And these cemeteries had grand elaborate entrance gates that marked this transition from this world into the next. And this was probably the most interesting thing I learned about cemeteries. The cemeteries became a hangout spot. They were truly the first public parks They were beautiful. They had gardens. They had sculptures. It was a truly picturesque public place where people could gather. At that time, death was viewed more as a gentle sleep and visitation was an accepted way to keep that person 
close to the family. This was during a time when epidemics took many children at a young age and women died in childbirth all the fucking time, making death a very common thing. Having a picnic among the dead became a fashionable, common thing in these beautiful, tranquil, green spaces. But as you know, we can't have good things for too long because we ruin it. So in large urban areas, things eventually got out of hand with large crowds kikiing and having fun, and they left a lot of litter behind. So as a result, many cemeteries outlawed public gatherings and or consumption of food because God forbid we have fucking nice things. Okay, so... We couldn't talk about cemeteries without talking about the fucked upness about it. So death is universal. We all live. We all die. And how we treat living people is often reflected in how we treat the dead, which is fucked up. Until the 1950s, approximately 90% of the U.S. public cemeteries had racial restrictions. Are we fucking surprised? I'm not. Even in non-completely racially restricted religious cemeteries, different races were buried separately. And whites typically received more desirable burial plots, which again, fucked up. And then also Native Americans, we fucked them over too. Native American burial sites remained sacred and undisturbed for thousands of years. And then what do we do? We fucking showed up, fucked up that shit. And during the 18th and 19th centuries, urban expansion caused for the destruction and the plowing over these sacred burial grounds, aka pet cemetery. So feel like we're all living on top of ancient Native American burial grounds. But it's crazy to think that public parks were created because of cemeteries. So then they created public spaces that people could gather, that they're not surrounded by dead people, which I guess is a different vibe, whatever. Some cemeteries now focus on more historical aspects, while newer ones are rebranded as memorial parks. The emphasis has shifted from less spooky to more preserving the memories of the deceased. But as I'm sure a lot of you are aware, there's a fucking lot of people in the world and cemeteries in major cities worldwide are reaching full capacity, making land too valuable for burials because we don't even have enough space to live, let alone die. So when it comes to burying people, fun fact, we used to bury people six feet under because as bodies decompose, there's a lot of smells. So it was believed after six feet of soil, it would encapsulate the smell. And then it would also make it more difficult for grave robbers to steal the bodies for medical experiments. And we're going to have a whole fucking episode on grave robbers because even as a little baby gay, I was so fascinated the idea of people stealing human cadavers for research. Uh, fun fact, modern graves are only dug around 4.5 feet because caskets nowadays are much heavier. So the bodies are more protected 
from animals. But what's fucked up about burying people, traditional burials consume resources such as wood, metal, stone, concrete, which all lead to groundwater contamination. So we're just contaminating everything with all these materials. So in response to these concerns, many people are opting for cremation as an alternative to traditional cemetery burials. But there's a con with cremation as well. One cremation is estimated to produce 535 pounds of CO2. That is the equivalent of driving 609 miles in a car. So that's not good for the environment either. So there is another alternative that a lot of people are turning towards because we all die. Where are we going to go? We need to do something about this. So green burials have been gaining popularity and is more of a return to what burial practices were initially. There are no chemicals or embalming involved and no barriers such as vaults or sealed caskets used to delay the composition. The idea is to return to the earth dust to dust and the areas used for these burials will usually only allow for wooden or simple stone markers that will eventually become part of the terrain over time. And these green burials vary from state to state. And I found it funny. There's an article entitled 2023's Best States for Green Burials. Number one, Cali. Number two, North Carolina. Number three, Ohio. And number four, PA baby. Go birds. So that's fun to know. And also fun fact, to end on this high note, depending on the soil type, oxygen available, and moisture present, it takes on average six weeks to lose the majority of soft tissue through moisture absorption by the soil and up to two years for complete decomposition. And it may take up to 20 years for bones to be absorbed in moist soils. So if you're trying to get rid of a body, think ahead. Jeffrey Dahmer's out there. So this week's fucked up, fuck, Mary kill. We're going to fuck, Mary kill traditional cemetery burials, cremation, green burials. And when I say fuck, Mary kill these, I think about the kind of person that would do them. So I would fuck cremation because I think that type of person loves to travel, loves to see the world, loves to have different fun experiences, whether you're scattering the ashes in the ocean, in the woods, on top of a mountain. That person sounds really fun, very go with the flow. (laughs) Oh, fuck me. This is so fucked up. Then I would kill the person that wants a traditional burial because one, you're contaminating the earth. Two, you're taking up space that we don't have. And the fact that you're so rigid and old school and you think that people for generations are going to want to come back and visit your tombstone, boo-boo, too self-absorbed, fucking murder that person. And then obviously I would marry the person that wants to have a green burial because they respect nature They are thinking about how their actions affect future generations. That person is really thoughtful and not ostentatious, not fucking needing all this 
I don't know, pomp and circumstance. So those are my answers. I would fuck cremation, murder the traditional burial, and then I would marry a green burial. And I'd be so curious to hear all of y'all's answers because last week's fuck, marry, kill, it made me laugh hearing everyone's answers. And surprisingly, a lot of y'all agreed with me, except my friend Joanna. Shout out to Joanna. I love you. You said you would murder the Beetlejuice house because fuck Michael Keaton's Beetlejuice, which is so fucking valid because he's disgusting and men are bleh. So please let me know your fuck, Mary kill answers for this week. And also, oh my God, when this episode is released, it's National Coming Out Day. So yes, it is not easy coming out. And I am always trying to feel comfortable in my skin. And though I've been out for, I don't know, 10 years at this point, still feeling accepted, feeling like I'm worthy of love is constantly a struggle. So shout out to anyone that is not out that has those feelings of being different, but don't feel like they're in a space that they can do it at this time. And hopefully they will in the future. There's a reason why I wear gay shit all the fucking time because I want other people to see it and feel comfortable. I want little kids to see it and be like, wow, when I grow up, I can be that because representation fucking matters. It means the fucking world. So happy national coming out day to all my ghoulies, gays, and bays. Be gay, do crime. I'll see you next week. Bye. And thank you for leaving a five-star review. It means a lot and does a lot. So thank you. Bye.